And that's all there is to it. Hey, good afternoon. It's Friday. Yeah, it's Friday. It's going to be a good day. It's already been a good day, hasn't it? It's been above zero. I didn't even double-check what the current temperature is. It's probably really flipping comfortable. Was it 14 or something? Last time I checked was uh, something like that, 14 degrees. Is that where we were? 14, yeah, look at that. Little Stevie Ray Vaughan, get you going on a Friday. Wow, did we have fun this morning. And I hope we can do the same, the same, this afternoon. So what's on your mind? A free-for-all Friday, and honest to goodness, no, really, it's actually Friday, free-for-all Friday here on the Crosstalk PM. I'm Mike Hayes, solo this afternoon. Rick is off on a story. I don't know what it is. He said, if it works out the way I want it to, when I'm back on Monday, it's going to be awesome. And I'll have the exclusive for us Monday night. I don't know what that means. He might actually mean I'll know the score of the Super Bowl. Because that's the kind of uh, goofball Rick is. So it's you and me today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. What's on your mind? 785-7914, the phone number. That's the Better Hearing Center talking text line. Program brought to uh, us all by very good friends at Habitat for Humanity, Kaya Fox and her team, making sure that affordable housing is uh, is easy. Er, it's never easy, but easier than ever, and uh, putting more and more homes into affordable housing with a little sweat equity. I like that. I, I, I absolutely do. Community gets together. The city helps out. Individuals do what they can, and there's reward at the end. For me, that is, that's, that is an awesome program that would not help people get into a home uh, otherwise. And I'm all about that. Let's see, what did we talk about? Well, the, the uh, weekend people poll question. I am trying desperately hard to have some fun with those of you who prefer to poke people in the eye. Uh, So our people poll question uh, had more to do with uh, your take on the game or the commercials. Because I know that even though you're not a sports fan, I'll be honest, I love football. I don't care who wins Sunday's football game. I'll be cheering personally. I'll be cheering for the math. For entertainment purposes only. And that's all I that's all I really care about. I mean I'd like to see a good game, but I'd like to see, you know, good math more than anything else. That would be fun. And yes, regardless of how much entertainment I get, I'll still be back on Monday. There won't be that much entertainment. <laughs> uh, but it'll be fun. Either way, it'll be fun. So what do you want to talk about? Interesting, I wonder how many of you, because it's the nature of the beast these days, I saw mostly it happens on Facebook. Well, and it probably happens on other social media. I am not connected to other social media, so I don't know who was Twitter, who's, you know, what the Twittersphere has been saying about the the FoxCon deal. I am only personally familiar 
with what Facebook has been saying about the Foxconn deal. And the minute it was announced earlier this week that Foxconn would be scaling back, it took seconds, maybe milliseconds, for uh, Scott Walker haters to start piling on. You know, the whole, the see, told you this was going to be a giant boondoggle, a giant pot, you know, pile of poo. It's horrible. He's horrible. Everything's horrible. And he's out of here. And, 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 you know, Republican leadership started to blame Governor Evers, which I thought was a huge mistake. Come on, you guys. Why, is, why does anything good is, my, is all on me? Anything bad is all on you. And that's the way it is, it seems to me, both parties. Um, the first thing after uh, an event takes place, some, some, you know, a signature on a bill or whatever it is, you're, you're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I did this. I'm, I'm, I'm the good guy here. Or the other way around, piling on. See, I told you this was going to be horrible, and it happened just the way I said. And, uh, and then what happened? Apparently, the president called the, the president of the United States called the president of Foxconn. They had a conversation, and the R&D facility is back to a manufacturing facility, albeit a little bit smaller. I'm not sure why that particular aspect of this whole thing makes a hill of beans difference. Why is it any different? Those of you who are still concerned uh, that Wisconsin is giving away the farm, they they haven't given any money to Foxconn. They have certainly spent a good deal of money in that community preparing for Foxconn with infrastructure and roads and so forth, tax credits, but they first have to earn those tax credits. Now the deal will be scaled down, and I, I wasn't listening to the radio all afternoon, so I, don't, uh, I didn't get any of the details. The last story I heard Rick Solom uh, share with us, didn't have a great deal of detail, how much smaller and so forth, but uh, a little bit smaller. Okay. So fewer than 13,000, less than, than uh, 10 a billion, uh, and if, as soon as we hit those marks, we get some tax credits, right? Right. Governor Evers apparently has spoken to uh, the folks at Foxconn and assured them that he's on board with with uh, this program, this project, not on board at the beginning, but it's a signed deal. You can't take over as the governor and and bail on something that's already pretty well in place, I don't think. Uh, Bob? (laughs) Bob, I got a text from you that says, asked you the above question this morning, but never heard the answer, had to go to a meeting. Sorry to ask you to answer it again. The issue, my friend, is there's no above question. That's at the top of my feed. 508, you sent that. The next feed was from 855 this morning. So if you had a question for me, my friend, you're going to have to ask it again because scrolling back through all of this morning's texts, to try and find your question will not work because we heard from a ton of people this morning. Man, oh man, I had no idea how many experts we have that live in western Wisconsin. I am absolutely surprised that all of you aren't extremely wealthy and living somewhere in a giant house because, wow, we know, there are a ton of people 
who know so much more than the people in the business around here that uh, it was fascinating to me that uh, the, uh, the experts, the infectious disease people at Gunderson are all stupid, the, although that word wasn't used. They can't remember what the word was. Uh, imbeciles, I think that was the word. And the uh, arborist who called to share some information about uh, Emerald Ashbor, uh, all the arborists for the city are complete uh, doofus. I think that was the word. So, you know, wow, you guys need to, you guys need to stand up here and, and uh, get in line and, and uh, help us have a better life because your expertise is sorely missed, apparently. When we have an uptick in flu, we need to contact you not uh, the hospital, to see what's going on with, uh, with that. I still don't understand. It, don't, don't even start with me on, uh, on putting poison in your body. You can not get a flu vaccine if you don't want one. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Same with the measles. On the other hand, if you don't inoculate your child against the measles, you are putting other people at risk who who don't want to lose their children. And what are you going to do when that issue uh, impacts your family? I I don't understand that. All right. Well, uh, yes. I'll tell you what. We'll go to the phones here quickly, and then i got to check in with guys over in the newsroom. Hi, you're on the Crosstalk VM. What's on your mind? Is this me? It is. Eric. Hey, good afternoon, buddy. What's up? Regarding Foxconn, that whole project was built upon the presumption that they would have a certain amount of people hired there before the tax credits would take effect. Wisconsin hasn't given them a dime yet. That's all on there what they built on there. We don't Wisconsin doesn't owe them anything. Our taxpayers don't owe them a dime. That's so, right. You're absolutely until, right. Until until they prove their focus, well, fine, let it go. Right. The are not losing dime on it. That should be made north. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I still don't know what you're talking about, but I appreciate you giving it a try. Uh, 718, no, 718, 518 on the crosstalk on WICM. Tom says, something smells in Madison like Foxconn. Are, are you convinced, Tom, that this... The scale back is the first in a series of we're getting out of town. Is that uh, is that what you mean? I'm not sure. You know, if what don't you like about uh, Foxconn? You think they're you think they pulled the wool over Scott Walker's eyes, and they are continuing to pull wool over Republicans in charge in Madison? Is that what you think? I need to know a little bit more. Call me seven eight five seven nine one four. The phone number. It's Lacrosstalk PM. It's gonna work. By the way, uh, Bob, you're absolutely 100% correct. You understand this Foxconn deal completely correct. And if anybody tells you different, understand they don't have it right. You do. You have it right. State of Wisconsin is not writing a check. They're not giving cash to Foxconn. Tax credits. Foxconn first has to invest. And then they have to have jobs, or the other way around, one way or the other. But the state is not writing a check. They're, they're not handing over cash. It's not like they're going to fly to uh, China 
and land the airplane and uh, unload the back of the airplane, and out on the tarmac will be a big pallet full of money. That's already been done by previous administrations. This one is not going to do that. There is no money from Wisconsin to Foxconn until Foxconn comes across with their piece of the pie. That's the way. And now it may be a smaller pie, but but there you go. So everybody that's getting all wicky-wacky about the investment here that's going south has got it wrong because there so far isn't. The, The investment is by the community. Yes, there is roads and and infrastructure and so forth that's going on down there. The campus may be a little bit smaller, but they uh, and I haven't heard any of those kind of details, uh, but they are still going to invest. It is uh, 23 minutes after 5 on a Friday afternoon. It is an opportunity for us to turn our attention to one of my favorite organizations in the community because I don't know that anybody works as hard with as much success that you can drive by and see as or, or stop and go in and enjoy as you can with the folks at Habitat for Humanity. And Kaya Fox has got to be the proudest mama uh, on the planet these days. Kaya, good morning. Good afternoon. Oh, man, did I? Wait a minute. Let me hit another button here and hit that. Let me try that again. Hello, Mike. There we go. Yeah. Whew. I'm here. I thought I hung up on you for a second. You, you got to be. Uh, are you as proud as as a peacock? Oh, absolutely! I'm so proud of the volunteers and the staff and everybody that makes Habitat for Humanity operate. Because this 2019 is going to be our best year ever. We're we're building more houses, helping more people in the community, and you know it's it's all because of the support that we get from everybody. Yeah, well, you know, all of our volunteers. All of our donors, everybody just makes this year, it's going to be a great year. What is it about Habitat for Humanity in the last 18 months or so that has so clicked with uh, influential members of the community that they suddenly, it seems, and I know it's like the overnight success that took 20 years, but suddenly Habitat for Humanity is on everybody's uh, table. They all want to get involved to help. Well, I think the housing as an issue and a concern and, a, and an idea for people in the community has been something that, you know, people are starting to be aware of, you know, just the idea that everybody in our community deserves to live in a decent place and to raise their kids in a safe home. And I think that's come to the forefront in our community. But I also think we've just had some really wonderful people um, that have been on board and helped us kind of grow the organization because we realize that, you know, it's such an issue in the community and we are in a great position as an organization with a wonderful mission to address some of those needs and those issues in the community. So, you know, we listened to the people around us and we stepped forward and said, yes, we can definitely do more. I know that uh, Restores, uh, Habitat for Humanity groups around the state, have uh, begun to change their focus or, or increase their focus a little bit on donations from uh, from donors, from corporations, and so forth, of of new stuff, not just rehabbed stuff. Is that working in the Lacrosse area as well? Are you getting first line items being donated to the restore? Oh, absolutely. We've got contractors that work with us, so you know, rather than paying a restocking fee for some leftover items on a construction project, they'll drop it off at the restore and get a donation receipt. Um, we've got some companies that work with us that will give us items that maybe are a little bit damaged or were cut wrong, and we can reuse them in the restore and sell them or sure. turn them into wonderful DIY craft items. Um, so I think the niche, too, with the restore is just that 
that ability to take all sorts of different things and, you know, recycle them for people to use in construction projects or improvement projects around their home or also just to kind of turn them into something funky and new. <laughs> Although I, 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 I'm pretty sure that when you get a donation of a brand-new bay window, somebody's not looking at that thinking, chicken coop, this is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You could put it in a fort, couldn't you? Uh, I suppose a tree fort, as long as it's a nice one, as long as it's yeah. uh, you know t- tree masters, one of those kinds of uh, tree forts. Oh, absolutely. I know you guys are not open on Sunday, and that's probably a good thing with Super Bowl Sunday coming around. But wow, you anticipate being busy tomorrow because tomorrow will be double digits above zero for the first time in forever. I know. I think people are getting a little stir crazy, and absolutely come out to the Habitat Restore. We're actually running a sale throughout the entire month of February. It's our Customer Appreciation Month, and if you like and follow us on Facebook, you will get a word every day. And if you memorize that word, come into the ReStore, say it to the cashier, you'll get 10% off your entire purchase. Really? That's pretty cool. Absolutely. Word of the day. So, And when do you post? Where, where do we find Saturday's word of the day? Oh, it's right on our Facebook page oh, at the Habitat okay. ReStore. Okay, so every day the uh, the word is right there at the top of the page. It's so, a magic word. You bet. It's easy to find. And like I said, 10% off your entire purchase. And the wonderful thing and so unique about Habitat is that every purchase you make, the proceeds go right back into your very own community to build homes, to make homes better, to do community revitalization projects. So it's a double win. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, it, it, it is so cool. Uh, uh, 10 Saturday, 10 to noon? 10 to 3? 10 until 6. 6. 10, oh, we expanded our hours yeah, on, yeah. on Saturdays now. Yeah. And, well, and all your every day that you are open, it's 10 to 6. Isn't that correct? Yep. Tuesday or Wednesday through Saturday, and then we are open for from 10 until 2 on Tuesdays to accept donations. Super. Hey, uh, anything else? I don't want to say thank you. No. Goodbye. And if you have something uh, else we need to... Touch base. Nope, we're just really happy for all of the support oh, this man. coming year, and so thank you, everybody. Yeah, well, and thank you, because this community, even those people who haven't, for whatever reason, had the uh, opportunity to use Habitat for Humanity or the Restore for a project or something, they don't even realize how much, uh, how how well they are integrated into the community and into you guys. So at some point, everybody will have an opportunity to come over and and take a look at their store that they helped build, and thank you for helping you, uh, letting you help them build something at their house. That's yes, cool. absolutely, Mike. That's cool. All right, have a wonderful weekend, thank Kaya. And you too, Mike. Thank you. Let's talk on Monday about uh, those new families that you're looking for. We're going to grow the Habitat for Humanity family uh, because with it, because the program has been so successful, Kaya. Thanks. The program has been so successful. They are looking for more families to help get into homes. And that's generally not the way it works. It is more often than not the other way around. You know that, right? That they are scrambling to try, yeah, uh, to try and fulfill the needs. These guys are staying ahead of the game. That's how good they are. All right, we'll be right back. I'll tell you what. I will hold my handmade, hand-tailored Vietnamese silk shirt. Actually, I have a couple because they were surprisingly, they were so inexpensive. I will hold that shirt up against anybody. You got a super expensive hoity-toity blah-blah 
Shirt, silk shirt. Yeah, bring it. That's, that's, uh, it, it, and I know you've done the same sort of thing on your vacations. This just makes it so much fun. Because you can bring home treats for yourself. Handmade, and they and you don't have to share them because they're handmade just for you. CuisineAdventureTours.com. All right. 20 minutes before 6. It's Lacrosse Talk PM. News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM, online at WIZMnews.com. And this hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity, making sure that more and more people, and Monday will give you even more details on their hard work in that regard, more and more people find their forever home. Sweat equity and some work, it's not a, it's by no means a handout. Boy, understand that before you get grumpy. This is an awesome, awesome program. And it works. As far as I'm concerned, that's the most important thing. All right, so what's on your mind? I say this every time I'm on the air, and I, maybe I will have to continue to say that. I am happy to uh, change topics if that's what you would like to do. If there's, I'm curious to know, for instance, has any of the conversation in the last few days, and I'll probably ask again on Monday or Tuesday, because there will undoubtedly be conversation over the weekend. Have you heard any conversation from the president or from any ranking Democrats that give you the impression that they want to talk? I, I, I try as hard as I can to keep an open mind. And like many of you, I, my eyebrows raise and I wonder, I, I say to myself, what? What did he just say? What did she just say? What? What? I I am. I'm man. Maybe it's because I'm old. I know. Or getting older. I am more and more confused by the young politicians who are going to be taking my grandchildren into the future. Uh, it bothers me a great deal that they seem to have a great plan for this planet, but no means whatsoever to pay for it. Because, and I continue to hear something that I personally disagree with 100%, and I have not heard a single argument that I thought was reasonable that would change my mind. Although, if you've got one, I'd love to hear from you. Why is health care a right? It isn't. Uh, in, you have the right to freedom. You have the right to pursue happiness. There is nothing, the Founding Fathers said nothing about your health. And and nothing. There's nothing in there about uh, you get the pursuit of happiness. You get to have a life. doesn't say anything about the government making your life happy. Giving you stuff. Because you know as well as I do, the only way the government can give you stuff is if they take it away from somebody else first. And, and right as soon as that part of the conversation comes to the table, we start hearing, I start hearing, about evil. Evil business, evil individuals, it's horrible, no one should be that wealthy, they should be required to give up money, they shouldn't be allowed to make, you know, doctors should have a cap on their salary, wealthy people... 
Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and everybody else should be required to give away a larger percentage of their money because no one should be a billionaire. That money needs to be in hands of people who know how to, who would better know how to use it. I don't understand that. How are the, how, how will that be able to sustain this country for more than a few years? Because the government will run out of money to take from people to, to redistribute pretty soon, won't they? Won't, won't that process lead to companies legally taking their money back overseas? I, and as a stockholder, you should be furious. If you own stock in a company that's doing well, they are playing, the, and it's a game, let's face it, they're playing the game, they're playing it legally, and you make money in stocks, and they have a giant profit, and, it's, and you feel the way you feel about it, and maybe they should or maybe they shouldn't make that kind of profit, but they're not doing it illegally. They're not holding a gun to anybody's head. They're making money. Stockholders are happy as can be. And some want to simply stop that, take that money away from those people, and redistribute it to people who have needs. I don't think that's, that's a sustainable way to go. Am I wrong? 785-7914, the phone number. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Hi, caller, you're on the air. What do you think? In the 1960s, the Nikita Khrushchev said, we will destroy you from within. That is happening today through political correctness and a Democrat party. Thank you. Thank you. 785-7914, the phone number. So the cross PM. Hi, you're on the air. What do you think? You know, you're absolutely right about uh, you can't take enough money away from people to keep everybody happy. You know, so the key is how do you how do you make enough money so everybody's happy? Sure. And... That's the hard part. Wait, right. And, 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 well, and, and there's always going to be somebody that will make a little more money than the next guy. You know, I mean, yeah. if everybody has an opportunity to have a good living, you know, the government is going to give you minimum wage, a living wage. They're going to force your boss to pay you 15 bucks an hour, but that's all. The government is not going to force your boss to stay in business. He's not going to force your boss not to fire anybody to afford to pay you 15 bucks an hour. Not going to do any of that. They are just going to say, look what we did, ladies and gentlemen. We made living wage the mandatory wage. High school students and young college students are SOL. Everybody gets a minimum living wage, and if you can't afford that, then gosh, I, you know, what, then maybe what you should do is go to California and compete with, uh, illegal immigrants that are picking uh, vegetables. I lived in California for 14 years. Did you? And as a contractor, I would go to whatever street corner where the where the workers would congregate and pick them up and pay them five dollars an hour, which was the going rate at the time in the 80s. And that's just how work got done. Right. And so they were living 10, 15 people, you know, to an apartment and sending half of their paycheck back home to Mexico. And their plan was to live in America and do roofing or framing or whatever manual labor, you know, landscaping, dishwashing, whatever. And and then after 10 years of sending half their paycheck back and living on rice and beans, they could go home and buy their little town. I mean, this is, this is 
the current state of 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 immigration it's not really immigration it's it's america is a huge engine for wealth and prosperity and they were getting their peace and you can't blame people for wanting to come here for that no no i absolutely don't and there should be a much easier a much wider road that is less filled with potholes that allows anybody that wants to come to this country to come here it shouldn't take years absolutely. and years absolutely mike but the thing is that Congress has dodged the the the, the proper legislation. We're we're oh, living yeah. in a, a pre eighties kind of uh, immigration system, and it's just been completely contorted, and it's not functioning. And they don't know what to do to make it work right. And I kind of think that to to just stop this dysfunction with this wall isn't such a bad idea. And then it forces the legislators to actually come up with a much better uh, work visa type arrangement. The green card arrangement is ancient. That goes back into the 70s, I think. You know, I mean, they've got to come up with a better system for allowing people to come here to do what they need to do to feed their families back in Mexico. Because a lot of the people come here and stay here, they never intended to stay here. Yeah. And. Yeah. Those become Americans, and that, that you know, the, the Mexican people are great people. They're good workers. They're hard workers, and they've, you know, it's it's America. This is our success story, you know. So it's it's a it's a fascinating time we live in, isn't it? It is absolutely fascinating. Hey, thank you very much for your thoughts. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, but I got to go. I got to go. We're, time is short, and the phones are going crazy here. So. I want to make sure I get as many calls on as uh, we can. You're about 11 minutes before 6 o'clock. Hi, Mary, good afternoon. You're on the air, my dear. What's on your mind this afternoon? Yeah, I was just listening to your program, and I was thinking back about how things were. This is when I was still working at Gunderson Lutheran, and President Obama came in, and, oh, boy, he decided to mess with health care. And that's part of the mess that we're faced with now because he lied to people. You can keep your doctor. You can keep your policy. It was all BS, you know? Yes. He spoke out of turn, and it messed it up. And if they think they're going to micromanage doctors, what's going to happen, and a lot of it has happened in, in parts of the country, is what you were talking about the other day, concierge. Yeah, concierge. Where if someone's really wealthy, they don't need to have insurance. No. They can just pay this group of doctors and go and get what they need. I mean, how stupid are some people? to think that you're all of a sudden going to tell these people, look, you have all the money, so you're going to pay for everything, and we're going to benefit from it. That's just not how anything ever works in life. You are absolutely right. And so, you know, when they talk about how there should be health care for everybody, basically we had a certain amount of health care for everybody. If you couldn't afford it, you could go on Medicaid. The other thing is, is for people, the problem was is too many of them were using emergency rooms like um, sure. their clinic because sure. if you had an emergency and it was life-threatening, like let's say if you thought you were having chest pain or you thought you were having an appendicitis or you were cut badly or something or had a wound that could threaten your life, every single, it's the law, every single hospital in the United States has to accept you. Right. They have to accept right. you and take care of you. If something threatens your life, that's just the law. It doesn't matter where the hospital is. They have to do it. And so 
there were like nets where somebody would be caught, do you know what I mean, and helped if they had a problem. But it's like saying that everybody's going to live in the same style of house. No, they're not. Some people are more fortunate than others. Some people have gotten better jobs. Some people have been more fortunate. Others have not. But um, I, I think we had a pretty good system, and they broke it. I don't disagree at all, Mary. You, uh, you and I are on the same page here tonight. And, and let's face it, there are those people who don't want anybody driving around in a Rolls Royce because they think everybody, everybody should have the same midline car. You shouldn't be driving a big fan, fancy car, and this other person shouldn't be required to walk. Everybody needs the same. Everybody needs this. That you know, there is no country on the planet that gets along like that, where everybody has the same stuff, same amount. Everybody wears the same gray shirt. Everybody drives the same gray car. Everybody has the same gray job with the same gray salary. No place. No place. No place. And America isn't going to work like that either. We'll be right back. Bob, if you want to talk about that, you've got to call me and say that out loud on the radio because I'm not bringing that topic up unless you do. 785-7914, the phone number. Let's get back to the phones. Caller, good afternoon. You're on the Crosstalk PM. What's hey. on your mind? Hey, good evening. So I just was going to you know, mention to you, you know, when we talk about taxes, that where did the United States come up with this idea of taxes? And if you you can't you got to go look back to like the 1870s, you know, prior to that when we we didn't have social security tax, we didn't have income tax, we didn't have property tax. So if you look backwards, who came up with this idea of having taxes in this country? And it was actually the very wealthy. It was the Rothschilds and the Morgans and and um, the other families in New York got together and they said we came over from uh, you know Europe and we were in a uh, aristocracy or a, a no deal where you know we have a kingdom or that type of a method of thing. Sure. And they were getting so wealthy, they got so wealthy, then they uh, decided that they should you know uh, tax the rich so that it would level the playing field so that they wouldn't get back to having kings and kings uh, you know or, and queens of of you know or nobility so that we wouldn't get out of control. I I agree. I, I, you, clearly, you know more about it than I do. I remember reading that it was uh, the wealthy who had first brought up the idea of pooling some money uh, in the form of taxes, collecting money from some of the wealthy so that they could help benefit the community where they lived, which would benefit their manufacturing business, whatever it was, where they were, and that was a benefit to everybody. Henry Ford did the same thing. He, uh, he built homes for people in the Detroit area, as long as they would come to work for him in one of his automotive factories. So he was all about exactly. housing exactly. and feeding and clothing his workers so that they'd work for him. Mm-hmm. Except that Henry Ford would make you work 12 days a week or 12 hours a day and five, and six days a week. Right. You well, know? So you have to go back and see how, you know, and then that's where we get the unions and stuff come into play because sure. people are like, well, we can't do this anymore. So we're just getting ended up in teenage and that. Right. But getting back to it is that, yes, you're, you're totally correct on this idea of this entitlement. And, and we've gone like there's this whole group of people that are the masses. We just got to keep a, some sort of an even playing field so people do get a chance to get ahead. Otherwise, you can never get out of that box, you know. Sure. So, you know, if you look at the depression, the banks had all the money, and they wouldn't, you know, they they didn't want to loan any out. 
and then all of a sudden, then it just feeds back into the economy that, you know, nobody can borrow any money, so nobody can do anything. As far as, you know, you wanted to buy a car, you couldn't borrow any money, so, you know, it was it was the other end of that equation, too. So. Yeah, well, and, and okay. uh, hey, thanks very much for sharing your thoughts. I appreciate that. The, and, and you're absolutely right. The, the issue will be at some point that uh, you'll run out of rich people to tax. You'll run out of rich people who, uh, like Warren Buffett has mentioned, please tax me more. Because I can afford to pay a higher tax. Well, that's awesome, Warren. But to do that, we have to tax everybody more because they can't just tax you more. There is no way, and I have interviewed people after people after people, to write me a tax code that only impacts one group of individuals while benefiting or not touching anybody else. And there isn't a way to do it. There's no way to work that math. 